you know, I asked him, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm in business or, oh, I'm going to be a broker or I'm going to do mm-hmm. this or I'm going to do real estate. Well, why? Well, because you can make money. I go, well, yeah, is that what you want to do? No, but, you know, but if I make money, then I could do what I want to do. Not the point. And I will tell you now, if, if that's, if that's your mentality about, well, I'm going to be able to make enough money to do what I want to do, you'll be fucking miserable. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast. This is your host, Dr. Tony Dufresne, along with the wonderfully astute voice of millennial this week, Mariah buckley Perrick. Hey, Mariah, how are you? I'm great, Tony. Thanks for hyphenating my last name. I enjoy that. I, I just, I don't know. I just, you don't know what to call me. I don't want to piss Chris off. I don't want to piss you off. I just, you know, I'm just trying to it's play. A safe bet. I'm going right down the middle. Just love just, it. I'm, I'm shooting it right down the middle. So this is yep. where you come for news, notes, and information, all that kind of fun, fun stuff to transform your life. Basically, we just talk about different life skills and hacks and whatnot to uh, get your mind clear and set and get you dialed into really what the hell you want to do. Yes, there is more than what you have now. Yes, there, there, you know, there are uh, uh, better or horizons ahead, and so we want to help you to get there. Really? I mean, that's kind of what we talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's a lot of fun. Exactly. It's a lot of fun. So as we're going into this week, I wanted to – I posed a question to Mariah as well as a number of my clients and some of my tribe. And the question was, what do you feel as though success is? What is success to you? And of course, as many different people as there are, there's different opinions in terms of what success is. There, there are some underlying themes, and you and I have talked about that. But I want to give you some of the answers that I got about what is success to somebody. Uh, I got uh, having, uh, you know, having what you want that thought was success, doing what you love, uh, you know, how, how to become successful. They say, well, you know, you need hard work or it's good relationships is, is successful or you need grit to be mm-hmm. successful, all that kind of stuff. And as much as I agree with those in terms of those being components of it, that those are actually not really the basic bottom line number one secret to having life success. Okay, I'm excited to hear. Uh, excited to hear what that number one secret is, Tony. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, leave that for the next show. That's the, that's oh, okay. that's this show. Perfect. We're we're done. <laughs> two to two minutes and the fifteen end. seconds in. Uh, tune back in next week when we're going to talk about the answer to the. No, there's no cliffhanger. We don't have the time, the energy. Or the budget to do any cliffhangers. So the number one key, the number one success component is value. Value. That's it. Value is success. If you create value in this lifetime for yourself and for other people, then you will be successful. Now, there's a number of different ways to create value. There's also two different worlds that are happening at the same time. There's your inside world that you have in your own head and creating value within yourself, which is personal growth and development and experiential stuff and learning and working on relationships, personal relationships. There's also the extrinsic or the outside world in terms of creating value. And that's like going to work and doing your job or gaining new skills and getting promoted. Of course, you get promoted, you get paid more. Of course, if you're a woman, you get paid 75 cents 
on the dollar more, but you know, let's <laughs> let's not split hairs at this point. But hey, we're gonna <laughs> wait for a different something. show to talk about that one. And please but, bring me back for it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure you know I have you already have you already have that delved in. But that's what yeah. really that's what the key to success, the number one secret to success is creating value. And uh that I wanted to get make that clear because the one thing that most of my clients come to me with is a lack of direction, or most of the time that they're in school or they've just gotten out of school. And they're sort of floundering because they thought they had an idea of what their purpose was. And I'm using air quotes. Uh, or they had an understanding of really where where they had a strength and a and family p- kind of pointed them gently into a particular direction, say accounting or I don't know, it could be anything. And they got through school and then they got a job and they got an internship and they're in there and they're like, uh, this isn't doing it for me. This really, right. this there's something else. That, that should happen. Now, they come to me or they come to any transformational coach or therapist or I hate the term life coach with a passion because uh, a lot of hacks use it. But just, you know, somebody would be able to help them out in that, in that arena. And they start talking about what's missing in their life and how to kind of get dialed in. And what I found is, is the number one thing to get people dialed in is to ask that question of them to ask the question, well, what do you feel as though it's not, you can ask, you know, what, what's the purpose of life, but that's a dumb question. <laughs> it's so dumb. Is it? Have you ever asked you what the purpose of life is? Yeah. Mind? And then somebody gives some shitty response like, Oh, happiness. And right. Or, or it's the, you know, yeah. Butterflies, right. Whatever. Or it's the back of the I, shampoo, I the back of the shampoo bottle, bottle, uh, you know, answer. Oh. Right. You right, know? exactly. Oh, uh, God. I so know. that wrong question, uh, and usually the answers take you off uh, off message and off of where you're supposed to be in terms of where what your focus is. The right question is, what do you feel as though is success? What's success to you? Uh, because everybody can relate to success. And a lot of times, they even though they don't want to admit it, they want to be successful. And, of course, nine times out of ten, what they relate to that is having a lot of money. Which is absolutely the wrong money screws things up so much. I can't even tell you because we've created it as an external value indicator as Mm -hmm. something that's outside of yourself in the big world. In the big world, money is used to compare everybody's value to each other. Now, there is a there is a component in there to where it kind of makes sense because the CEO of a company does make more than the guy in the mailroom. Right. So there's some level of you know, understanding in regards to what, what sort of value you bring to a company. Does it make it right that the, that the CEO makes a hundred million and the male guy makes nine bucks an hour? I personally don't think so. Nope. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a socialist, but I, I don't think that that's, I don't think that you need a hundred million. You know, I'm not a Gordon Gecko fan. I don't, I don't think you need five boats to water ski behind, but that's just nope. me. You know, a lot of people nope, think, I that agree. Might, you know, it might be the other way around. Right. So, in looking at all of that, that does make sense. But but the money thing screws people up so much because they think, well, I really want to – and that's why I wanted to bring you in because you work for nonprofits. You're a nurse. You guys so- – <laughs> Tony knows I love to work for no money. <laughs> no money. No money. No, no money. Zero but that, dollars. But, but that but- – <laughs> <laughs> Three beans. <laughs> Zero dollars. So – 
So, but but it, but it brings up a really good point, doesn't it, Mariah? The fact that yes. that so many people get out and they want they're so good. I've known so many good people, and I went I went to grad school uh, for for psych for ther- for doing therapy and counseling, and there were so many good people in there that were really good at that. Mm-hmm. But I know a number of them didn't follow through, and they entered the workforce because they could make more money. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. but that but that's the whole thing. You have to reconcile within yourself, really, what what value is to you. Is it like you? Let me ask you, just right out. What I mean, why do why did you work for nonprofits? Why did you work? Why do you know? Do you work as a nurse? Why you know? Why do people work as social workers or teachers instead mm-hmm. of and and stay there? I mean, what's the what's the attraction? What's the value in that? For you. So I know for me, the value in that is I know that every single day I go to work, whether it's a good day or bad day personally for me, I'm making a difference. I'm making an impact. I'm helping somebody else have a little bit of an easier life or easier day. Um, and that's that to me is far more important than money. And that's not to say I don't need money. And that's not to say that I don't you know, kind of shriek with delight if I get a two cent raise. But, um, you know, realistically, um, I think that I find value in service to others. That's mm-hmm. that's where my value lies. And that's something that I know I'm good at and have always been drawn to. And it's not forced. None of it feels forced to me. When I go mm-hmm. to work, I'm happy to be there. I don't mind going. Um I feel good when I leave. I feel like I'm better to my kid and to my husband because I have this in my life um, better than if I didn't do it or mm-hmm. if I had a different job in you know corporate America doing something painstaking that I hated. Um, so yeah, I mean that it just it feels good to me to give back and be of service to others. Don't you find it interesting that a lot of people look at it very linearly, like very zero sum, like either you can sell your soul to make money or you can be a martyr? Yes, I mean, no, that, I know. It, and I, I mean, tend to do that. But that <laughs> right. But yeah, but that's what people do. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And if you do and, – and you have you thought of it that way before? I have thought of it that how, way how, before. And how do you but, reconcile that? Um. So I feel like – and this is funny because I feel like, um, and I, I don't want to sound sexist when I say this, but if I were to pull my male friends versus my female friends, we all have very different perspectives on on our, what we value in life and what we think we should be doing in this world. Um, most of my male friends find that they, you know, are, are more successful based on how much money they make and how quickly they climb a ladder. Right, because their whole purpose is to provide for themselves and their families, and they feel that gives them value. Whereas the women I know most of the time, you know, kind of have that touchy feely, big hearted, um, you know, I feel like I need to be a service to others. And if I'm not devoted to doing something meaningful like that, then I've sold out. I've sold my soul to the devil, and I'm mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. being the good person I'm supposed to be. Now, interestingly, that's how I used to reconcile it in my head, that I I had to do this because it's what makes you a good person. It's what you do when you give back and you have a big heart. You work in nonprofit. You work as a teacher. You do these things. I finally am in a field, though, where I will say I lied a little bit before. I do actually get paid to go to this job. 
I get compensated more than zero dollars. Very well, in my opinion, for mm-hmm. doing something that I love. It's the first time I feel like I'm doing something I love and I'm not being a martyr to do it. I'm not eating oatmeal every night. Mm-hmm. So I have found that there is a way to do what you love and to support yourself and and have that financial piece of success or that component. Um, and it's it, it works out beautifully. So. Yeah, I always I always tell people if you're if you've made a decision to do something and you do it and then your whole thing is oh you know you come home and then you're all bummed because you're a teacher you you decided to be a teacher and you decided to put your time and effort and your value into being the best teacher that you can be but every single time you come home you're bent because you look at your friend Bob down the street that's you know driving a new F one fifty and is you know and taking trips to Guatemala and you're like right. damn I wish I could do that well then then there's a problem. And that's called cognitive dissonance. And you are having an issue. You're having an issue with with really what your value is and where you should be putting it towards. And that's the one thing I I, I try to to stress to my to my clients. And it's it's really difficult because I don't come from a philosophy standpoint. uh, I try to detach from from money equaling value uh, to I try to detach to it or from it. So where it doesn't impact my decisions. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I haven't set it up to where I do live on, you know, I do live comfortably on the outside world because I have cr- I put the time and the energy into creating enough value in a business to where mm-hmm. I do get paid a decent amount of money. And it allows me to do the shows and it allows me to write my book and all that stuff. So it it's... It's not a it's not a zero sum or a linear game. It's not an all or nothing thing. And a lot of people think that they that oh well, in order to you know in, in order to live in this existence, then I have to I can't do this kind of stuff. Where you really can, mm-hmm. and you and you can and you can balance it out. And I know right. that you know, I, and I know that nursing does pay pretty well in terms mm-hmm. of overall, but uh, but it certainly doesn't pay like a programmer or it doesn't nope. pay like a, you know, like a software engineer or it doesn't pay like a CEO or a, a middle management honk at right. Exxon or something. But, That's uh, true. but that, but then again, that, that comes down to what is value to you. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters because success is so very, very personal. Right. And that's the one thing that I try to, really try to stress with with everybody that I talk to that wants to sit down and listen is that you've got, <laughs> it, it's so personal and you have to decide on your own what it means mm-hmm. to you and then go about making those steps to where you know that's where you need to go now I've decided I decided a long time ago that being a you know millionaire in real estate because real estate's my background and you know I've been doing it mm-hmm. for like 30 years and I have a, right. I, I, and I have a decent business and stuff and I could right. very easily ramp up that business a long time ago and do a lot mm-hmm. of investing and have a lot of properties and blah, blah, blah. It's not that tough, really. You just have to put the right. time and the energy into it and create the value. But I decided a, a long time ago when I went back to school that I, this is what I wanted to do because mm-hmm. I, I get so much more fulfillment out of helping people in this arena because right. I know I have a natural I, – I, it's just my natural flow to, to have a level of understanding, and that's why I got into the philosophy and all that. And mm-hmm. I wanted to take that, and I wanted to help people, and that to me is way worth – I mean, you know, that's one of the things where you wake up in the morning and you think, 
I'm fired up to do this. Whereas, exactly. you know, whereas you, you're not sitting there going, oh shit, I got to go to a, some real estate meeting to, to close some deal on stuff. I'd be going, ah, crap. That I don't care you know? about at all. Exactly. Even though, even if you're making a few bucks, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So it, you it have to, matter, yeah. so you've got to dial yourself in. And I wanted to, to kind of circle back to something that you had said, and it has everything to do with the Maslow hierarchy of needs and the whole instinctual thing about the men yes. thinking from the sexist thing. Which it wasn't. I think that ha- I think that's very appropriate because that I think it's a really good point. The point is, is that instinctually, men were the hunter gatherers or the the, right. or the hunters, and the women were the gatherers, mm-hmm. and you guys took care of the, all that stuff, and we went out and and you know f- made the biscuits and then came back and then you know right. gave it to you know so. But why are we – it's the 21st fucking century. Why are we living like cavemen still? But that's the problem. The problem is people aren't aware of – they're still living in that paradigm. They're still right. – and I, and I still suggest everybody go and look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I love and, Maslow. Right? And figure out where the hell you stand. Because if you're in the yeah. first two levels and you don't want to be, then you then, then start to elevate yourself above yeah. that. Because right. the whole, my, my entire purpose of doing what I do in counseling and coaching and, and writing and in you and I doing the show and all that crap is to get people above those levels. Right. Is to get people into that self-actualization, to get people in terms of understanding and kind of rising above the matrix and seeing how all that all this crap goes on. And you're like, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. Right. Exactly. Because it's so constricting and it's so stressful. I mean, stress mm-hmm. comes from stress comes from forcing yourself to live within a system that doesn't conform to who you are. Right. Period. That's what right. stress is. So if you can understand and detach from that and, under, and and realize that that is not the dictator of your feelings or the dictator of your life, and you have a level of under, of control and understanding in regards to what's going on with that, then it really relieves stuff. I mean, it takes the pressure oh my totally God. off. Does it not? It it does, and I feel like that. I mean, Chris and I have talked about this, um, you know, because he's absolutely a hunter, and he feels very much like just because of how he was raised that, you know, he he had a dad who who primarily worked, and mom primarily stayed at home, and so mm-hmm. that was that was sort of the setup. You know, mom took care of everything in the home, the kids, and all their activities. Dad went out and made the money. And so we've had conversations numerous times where he truly feels like it's it's his duty as a man, as a husband, as a father. And it's hard for me because I come from a background where both my parents worked. They both had equal jobs. There were times when someone was out of work and someone wasn't, and they helped each other out and it went back and forth. And so I have time and time again kind of made that point that this isn't all on you. I want you to be just as happy in your career if it means I need to step it up and work more to help while you figure that out. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. But I think that it's not something someone else can tell you. I think deep down, a yeah, man or a right. woman has to come to grips with that on their own and really believe it. And that's and that's what it comes down to. And I have to say for the record, um, the peg and the kev, the uh, both, the, kev. both y- the energy that they give off is exactly that. Yeah. They give off. They give it off. They give off as a very symbiotic relationship. Yes. In terms yeah, of that, they have and each it's, other's and backs. And what? What a great! What a great example. Yeah. You know exactly. To, to, for, it was an awesome for example for kids and 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 for other people and stuff to to be able to to give that off. But that's really that really comes down to the point. And the point is is that 
it's these paradigms that we live in. It's the dogma mm-hmm. that we that we follow, and and you don't have to follow it. I mean the 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 first two and a half now the first one and a half sessions I have with clients is usually trying to strip them away from these beliefs that they have. Right. Of of these uh, of these uh, these finite rules that exist, which they don't, they no. don't exist. None of these things exist. They just exist in your mind because you were brought up with them, and mm-hmm. there are boundaries that you're living within. But that's where that's where the frustration comes in, and that's why they finally start looking, and that and they start and they contact. It takes a lot to it contact a, lot. a stranger online. As a coach or a therapist or even yep. t- even talking to – does it not? Even talking to a friend and saying, yeah. hey, do you do you guys go to a couples therapist or do you guys you – know, and right. go, yeah, yeah. And then here's your here's the number. And then calling them, it, it takes a lot. And you know, everybody right. understands that that's the case. But right. that also is a good sign. And yeah. the sign is is that you're actually ready to take that next step. And, and you're creating value. And again, it comes down to value. Right. So uh, I wanted to uh, to ask you: Do you have a personal story about uh, you about a success that you had, and then how that sort of brought about an increased level of value that you either brought somewhere or you generated within yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I think my whole past—I don't know what—seven year journey has been exactly that. So. Um, For those who don't know, when I first got out of college, I went directly to law school because, of course, that that makes perfect sense. What the hell else was I supposed to do with a Spanish and Latin American studies degree? I don't know. Seems reasonable to me. I don't know. I don't know what to do, and I know that I need to have a job, and I need to make money, and let's just go to law school. Mm -hmm. And I could get into law school. I'm smart, so I got in, and I went, and I hated it with a fiery passion. And when did you know that? When did you know that you hated it? Uh, within about a week. Hmm. Within about it, a week. What was it that tipped you off that you were not on your path? Uh, I was I was sitting in a class and the professor asked us if you were representing OJ Simpson and you knew deep down in your gut that he was guilty, but he was your client, could you fight for his innocence? Raise your hand if you could do it. And the whole class, except for me, raised their hand. No and shit, went, really? The whole the, everybody class, raised their hand. Everyone raised their class. Yeah, that's your job as a lawyer. All of God, them were raised I, by attorneys. They all had lawyers. families. Texas. Lawyers. Need I say more? Lawyers. Um, sorry, friends in Texas. Um, <laughs> and so when he said, "And who couldn't do it? Who would? Who would drop the case?" And I raised my hand, and he said, "If you just raise your hand, you might want to reevaluate." And you I were the went, only one in class. Huh? Yep. And so I went home, drank some wine, listened to some Celine, and then said, you know what? He makes a good point. I think I'm out. Like, (laughs) I just, I can't do it. I have far too many morals to be able to fight for something I don't believe in. I'll never make it. I'm not a shark like that. I am a shark for things I believe in. And if I have to, if I have to do things like this in my line of work, it's not for me because I, I have... I'm not black and white like that. Um, and so, so I left and I floundered for a bit and I went through what my sister Tara likes to call my dark phase where I wrote a lot of songs and poems and did read you, a did, lot of – You see, you see, you went through a lot of process. How about your parents, Ooh, the people yeah. around the people around you that supported you into law, that expected you to go through law? How did that, how did that 
work? Oh God. Um, so they were actually incredibly understanding. Um, I, when I finally called my parents and I am a kid that has never quit a thing in my life. Like I was that kid that like to the end, I made it to the end. I never quit a job. I never quit an activity. Um, and so when I called my parents and said, I, I hate it so much that I want to cry every day. Uh, I'm out. I'm done. And my mom said, okay, we'll, we'll book a flight and come back. And God love them. They booked a flight within days and drove that car all the way back. They had just driven me the whole way across the country. Wow. They they furnished my apartment. They helped me get set up. And they came all the way back and lugged my ass home. Wow. Wow. See, that's... That's, that's amazing. That's amazing support. And that's something that I know from dealing with uh, clients in the past that they didn't have that. And they, and it was actually the opposite to where they of got, pre- they got pressured into staying into something mm-hmm. that they just, they knew for a fact it was, it was not aligned with them at all, yeah. but they stayed through it. But then you know how much, uh, just, I mean, just bad juju that generated. No, with it's them? terrible. They're so resentful. You're so oh, resentful of yourself and everyone around it? you. I was so lucky. Um, I did not think my parents were going to take it that well, to be honest. But they were very, uh, they were very kind. And so I, I so you went, went through your dark phase. And, went through and, my dark phase and um, magically found uh, after working at an insurance company my dream job at Make a Wish, which I love, mm-hmm. love, love. But I was struggling with life balance. I was working a lot of hours, not making very much money, and was getting a little burnt out and thought, you know, I, I love working with kids and I love helping them, but I, I got to find a better way to do this. This isn't quite enough. I don't think I can sustain this long term. And so I kind of had a little come to Jesus with myself uh, that nursing, pediatric nursing is what I wanted to do. That was what I loved most about my job was meeting the patients, working with the doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so began the, what, seven year long journey of prereqs and waitlists and school and boards and you name it. And I, I truly, what I have said to friends who ask me, what should I do with my life or should, you know, should I do what you're doing? Do you like your job? I always say it's personal to me, but, um, I absolutely love my job. I love the line of work I'm in. And for the first time in my life, I'm not wondering what's next. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to build what I have instead mm-hmm. of figuring out how to get out of it and get on to something else. I'm trying to figure out how to take on more and grow within the place that I'm currently at. Which is a really good sign you're at where you're supposed to be. Yes. Where you want to be. Where you want to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. Yeah. You're, you're aligned. You're on your path. You're aligned. aligned. And that's, and that's right. a really, really good sign. Now, for the people that aren't and they're still dealing with this, of course, they're always – well, there's more than two ways to go, but two obvious ways to go. It's obviously you can do the whole chuck everything and, uh, right. you know, and drive and drive back cross country <laughs> and go and go through your dark phase yep. and, uh, you know, black lipstick and, and there's a lot of black happening. I would assume at that time. Yeah. A lot of black. Uh, or, uh, or, you know, sort of, I guess just live out of integrity. Yeah. Uh, exactly. For, for the because I've I've known so many people that have gone through and and you know, I asked them you know what are you doing oh, I'm in business or oh I'm going to be a broker or I'm going to do mm-hmm. this or I'm going to do real estate well why well because you can make money I go well yeah is that what you want to do no but you know but if I make money then I could do what I want to do 
Not the point. And I will tell you now, if, if that's, if that's your mentality about, well, I'm going to be able to make enough money to do what I want to do, you'll be fucking miserable. Yes. Because you'll have to put too much learning and too much investment into creating enough value, intrinsic value of yourself in order to be a value to other people in that, in a something that you don't even want to be in. Right. So you won't be in there 100% at all. No. And, and the whole thing about thinking about money being enough of a leverage or enough of a, what you call it, you, you call it creative tension. It's that mm-hmm. thing outside of you that pulls you towards a goal. If you think money is going to be enough, it's never, and I mean never enough to create enough creative tension because, because even when you get enough, then the enough carrot moves. Right. And then the carrot moves more. And then, and then the enough, because you know why? Because what's a really good way to put this? But, But because money is just what it is and it's, it's, it's a tool to be used. But if you put a, but if you, try to characterize it in a different way, then it doesn't fit. Then when, when you get mm-hmm. up there and you, it, it's like all of a sudden you get up to that, you, 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 you go up the road and you get it to the end of the road and you see it, you're like, oh shit, it's like a mirage. And then it's further mm-hmm. up. You, you mm-hmm. can, you'll never be able to catch it because it's not fulfillment at all. Exactly. It's an, ex, it's an external measure of value. Right. Right. It's not, it, and you, and you have to start with yourself and it has to start from internal. Right. You've got to start and deal with what's important to me and, and create that level. be honest about of, it. Uh, but, and that's the whole point. And, the, and, but you, I got to tell you, Mariah, how many people do you know that, that can't be honest with themselves? I can't tell you how many people that just, I, I have so many friends that ask me on a daily basis, what do I do with my life? What kind of a job <laughs> they're, should they're I They're asking you. I have never, and I'm not judging them for this. I I think that, I mean, I'm always flattered when people come to me for advice. I think it's great that they feel that I'm insightful enough about the world and about them to kind of have an idea. But it's so hard for me because I truly have never consulted really with anyone about what anyone thinks I should be doing. And maybe that's just me personally because I've always had a very good self-awareness like I've got a pretty decent level of self-awareness um but I've never had to say okay well what kind of a job should I get what kind of a nurse should I be what do you think I'd be good at blah 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 I know what I'm good at I know what I'm not good at I know what I love and what I don't and Mm -hmm. I I don't need to run it by anyone and so when people ask me that I always say I I can't tell you what's going to make you happy what is making me happy might and I've had friends who will get a similar job to what I'm doing or, mm-hmm. or, or go in, you know, or say, Oh, nonprofit sounds great. I'll get into that. And I warn people every time, don't do it just because I tell you I enjoy it because Chris enjoys being a pharmacist some days. I don't want to be a pharmacist <laughs> at all. Like right. there's not one part of that that sounds good to me, but he finds joy in certain areas and aspects mm-hmm. of his job that, that wouldn't be fulfilling for me. So we mm-hmm. cannot compare to one another. You have to figure it out on your own and people can talk it through with you, but ultimately no one else can tell you what's going to give you value. No, you always know immediately where somebody is if they come out and ask you, well, what should I do? If somebody asked me that, if a client right. asked me, well, you know, what should I, I'm like, oh man. You got a lot of work to do. Well, the, right, and the first thing you have searching. to do is stop everything and start to work on gaining a level of self-trust. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's really what it comes right. down to. If you don't have a level of self-trust at all, and, and it you can get, I mean, it's not hard to get. 
You just mm-hmm. have to put the time and the effort into working on it. It's like a muscle. But yeah. you, if you don't have that, uh, you're doomed because you can't ask anyone else what would work for you. Right. And, and, and if you go to a therapist or if you go to some life coach or some whoever and you ask them, you know, what should I do? And they tell you what you should do, then you should immediately run for Leave. your life. Run. Because they have no business telling you what you should be doing. I've never told anybody no. what they should do in my entire life because no. it's not my job to do that. It's their own. But right. if they do tell you that, that just means that they have to work on their internal value system. Now, Tony, let me ask you a question since you usually ask the questions. Um, in your line of work, why do you think some people have a really good sense of self-trust and awareness and other people have like zilch. They have Childhood. nothing. You think? Yep. And and how does a, and now as a parent myself, how does a parent help instill self trust into their child? What what tools <clears throat> do we give a child to help them believe in and their own thoughts and values? Create an environment in certain circumstances where you have the ability to give them some level of power of of uh, self direction. And, okay. uh, and creating, a, a, creating certain ser- scenarios to where you give them the option of making the choice and following through. Okay. Easy. I like it. That's All it. All right. Done. Yeah. That's All it. Right. Perfect. Done. That's Childhood it. In a from, nutshell. from, from a child development scenario, that's what it is. And, and it were, there were so many people that were raised in a, you know, more of the, more of the, what, what was called the, the rod than the, uh, you know, more the stick Spare than the, the carrot. Rods, boil the, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> to, to where, to where, uh, you know, seen and not heard type of a thing. Yes. To yes. where kids were berated for being, for not knowing and, you know, shut up. You're just a kid and right. uh, not giving them the ability to make any decisions. It's, uh, it, and the worst thing you can possibly say is, uh, because I told you, because I said so. Mm. I, okay. I think, I think saying because I said so is horrific. Uh, and it's, uh, and it doesn't allow the child to uh, attempt to have any level of comprehension in terms of the reasons for something. Now you don't have to go into this wide, and a lot of times kids will start manipulating it if you use it a lot. If you, yeah, if, this is true. If, depending <laughs> upon the kid, and they will. Yeah, of course, they're kids, yeah, yeah. master manipulators. But for sure, you've got to allow your child, give them a little rope, allow them to stumble, allow them to fall, allow them to learn from certain little scenarios where they fail, mm-hmm. because that's where character is built. And if you don't mm-hmm. allow that. And if you don't allow them to make certain choices and to follow through on the consequences of those choices, this is what you end up with. You end up with somebody who gets up to, to a point where now all of a sudden they're supposed to be independent and they and they have no trust in making decisions at all. On their own, right. Yeah. Right. And, so, and so what do they do? They find somebody that's a parental figure, and I'm using mm-hmm. air quotes again, like yourself <laughs> – because you you give off the air you give off the air of having that level of groundedness because how you were brought up right and they and so they'll come to you and they'll say you know oh you know what should I do you have you know you seems like you seems like you anytime people says that you're like oh god but that how many times that happened and it, well first of all first of all my life is a dumpster fire same as yours <laughs> we all same are as, same as everybody <laughs> else's we all are constantly trying to extinguish the ever glowing embers of our dumpster fires (laughs) (laughs) 
And sometimes, oh, ain't that the truth? And, and sometimes, as you go to sleep, somebody puts more kindling in there, oh, and the next morning it's an, it's an inferno, and you gotta. But that's how life is. And, and if, yes. if you think it's any different, you're nuts. That's just the you're way right. that it is. Even for people that seem to have their shit totally together, they're oh, always sure. dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's a it, but it, in people coming back and, and talking about that and asking you that, the the first thing that that obviously anybody should say now if you're the person that's asking that like oh what should i do with myself then check yourself before you ask anybody that and understand that's your damn responsibility mm-hmm. now it's easy to say but work you've got to take a step back and work on developing your inner system your right. inner trust system you have because everybody has the ability to make decisions that will benefit themselves everybody right. does unless you have a physical disability Right. Where literally your brain doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Right. Then you cannot. But you other cannot. than but other than that, other than that, everybody has the same abilities to be able to sit down and to work on their own system of support within themselves, because that's mm-hmm. where the key is. And the and again, some people are come from a uh, less ad- advantageous position to where because. The development at that time was pretty crappy because their parents mm-hmm. didn't support them building their own little, you know, inside the Statue of Liberty, you know, all the girders and the stuff to oh, hold yeah. the thing up. You know, they, there was not, there's none of that. It's like a hollow Halloween wrap chocolate rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's a chocolate bunny. No so it said, no, it's not good because you can't, because you can't support yourself with that. And that's why right. you're always asking other people, what should I do? Uh, right. And that's really, that's what it comes down to. Okay. That was a long winded answer. No, but, but I liked that, it. But, I but liked that's, it. but the, ultimately, that's a, as a parent, that's the key. The key is to give your child some space. Give your child set up opportunities and scenarios where they have to make certain decisions. Don't give them too many choices because then the paradox of choice happens, and kids freak the fuck out because they can't <laughs> because their prefrontal <laughs> cortex isn't developed. But so give them, underdeveloped. If you give them two choices, two. Two choices with two different consequences. Allow them to follow through, make the choice, and then to and then to deal with the consequence. That will give them that grounding. That will give them the foundation to start building their in, their internal trust system. Okay. All right. Perfect. And there you have it. So, and that brings us to the to the end. I mean, that's that's a, unless you have anything else to add. No, I mean, I I love this topic. I think it's a great one. When I hope. More people can start listening to themselves and trusting themselves because, man, life is long and painful if you can't be happy you doing know, what you're doing. And that, and that's the key, right? And we talked about this before. It's not. It doesn't have to be as tough as people make it. No. It just really and doesn't. I would like to point out, and I, I've had this conversation with friends too, that being fulfilled doesn't mean that every moment – of what you're doing <laughs> is fun. Let's just yeah. throw that out there because people say, "Well, I I don't like work every day." It sounds like you you just like love work. People, you know, people, yeah. you're always so happy. You just love being here. And I'm like, yeah. no, no. If you were to be a fly on the wall, yeah. you'd see me making the uh, rope around my neck. Oh and, yeah, you know, I, oh, I yeah. you know, yeah. walking up and down the halls, all fired up about something. <laughs> It doesn't mean I don't love what I do, but, you know, I have my moments, too, where I like to take my computer and shock it. So, just let, lest we forget that fulfillment and happiness and, and 
all of that jazz do not mean every single moment is rainbows and fairy tales. Outstanding point. I'm writing an into my next book. My my, uh, my my next book. The entire book is going to be on the happiness myth. That's what I'm going to write. Oh, over. I love it's, it. I, I did a I did a uh, I did a, it wasn't a thesis, but I did a very long extensive paper on why happiness is really messing people up, mm-hmm. and because uh, it's not something to it's not something to try to attain. The, the happiness is not something that you that you it it's a fleeting emotion. It's not a right. state. It's not a it's, it's not, not a, a long term state. Happiness is an emotionally emotionally based thing. It's fleeting, and it shouldn't be something you should plant your flag in. No, it's fu- it's fulfillment. It's not happiness. Yeah. but right. that but but that messes people up so much that I'm I can do an entire book on that. Oh, I can't wait to read it. Entire book. So the first book, the Surrounded by Idiots book, which will be out in a month. Woohoo! It'll be out. It'll be out in a month. Before the end of the year where people say I have to do something with my life and so I'm hoping to time it right ah, so I can, there so I can it get is. it out onto Amazon before you know people are doing the whole New Year's resolution crap. Yep. Uh, and it is crap because you can do that at any time. You don't need to start January the 1st. Yep. It's an arbitrary date. But why do you do it? Because you know I don't know, that's a whole different thing. I'm not going to get wrapped up on that. <laughs> that's another topic. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to time <laughs> it to where I, I'm trying to help people as much as possible. Again, success is value. I've worked for 20 years in trying to, you know, attain a certain level of expertise in this, and I'm and now I'm taking that and I'm trying to create value without any whatsoever expectation of any monetary compensation at a certain level for any of this, because that's not my that's not my goal. My goal right. is just to impact as many people as possible, and that's why I wrote the book, and that's what that's what I want to do. So. Mm-hmm. The Surrounded by Idiots book will be out in December, hopefully. I'm trying to get the videos done because I'm doing an interactive thing. I'm making videos. Ooh, with it. all right. Oh, it's fa- It's just fascinating. So, Perfect. so but the, but it will be out. <laughs> but the second book is definitely going to be about happiness and the myth and all that crap. So, you uh, any new blogs from And Mango Makes Three? Uh, no, but I am working on a little side project right now. Uh, just did a survey, monkey survey online, and there is a, a blog post and possible uh, project reveal coming down the oh, road here shortly. Okay. Terrific. Well, if yeah. you have any, if you have anything you want me to uh, link uh, in the show notes, then send it over. Will do. And I'll, I'll put it in there. So remember, you can go to javabud.com to get everything. I'm um, also uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher for the podcast. Uh, the videos are always up on the website as well. And if you want to subscribe, uh, you can actually get a little freebie PDF if you go to the website. And uh, you could then, uh, all the podcasts I actually send out every single week to all these subscribers. So Perfect. bonus time. Free bonus. content. Value, 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 value. See, I, you know, I, you got to walk the walk, right? If you're going to sit here and bullshit about stuff like this, yes. you got to walk the walk because people call you out in a second. Although yes. apparently that doesn't matter because you can be somebody like, you know, the president and talk all <laughs> sorts of all sorts of blatant lies and bullshit and people still go, oh, my God, he's amazing. That's a whole – and I'll, let's just end it with that. And on that note. And on that note, I want to say good night, world. Good. Night. So from Scottsdale, Arizona, and from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts, we say good night, and we'll see you next week. I can keep my hands on myself.